Good morning, Alex and friends. I'm Grace. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024, and you're listening to Alex's News. In today's weather, Riverside will see a comfortable high of 67.1 degrees with a chilly low, dipping down to 52.0 degrees. Now, turning to the day's leading news, we will dive into the escalating conflict overseas as the U.S. military has conducted its fourth series of missile strikes targeting Houthi-controlled sites in Yemen amidst international concerns. Back at home, a devastating ice storm has struck Portland, leading to tragic fatalities and widespread power outages that are crippling the city. We'll bring you the latest updates on the ground including community response and relief efforts. Lastly, in the world of aviation, federal investigators have their hands full with a mid-air blowout incident on board an Alaska Airlines flight. This incident has further intensified the scrutiny around Boeing jetliners, with potential groundings looming. All eyes are on the aviation giant as they navigate this turbulent chapter. Stay tuned for detailed reports on these stories and more, here on Alex's News. Tensions continue to rise in the Middle East as the U.S. military launches another round of missile strikes against Houthi-controlled sites in Yemen. For the latest on this developing story, we turn to our reporter Ethan. Ethan, can you bring us up to speed on what's happening? Absolutely, Grace. We've seen a significant escalation as the U.S. has conducted its fourth series of strikes in recent days. According to multiple sources including PBS NewsHour, NPR, and the AP, This operation targeted 14 missiles from the Red Sea area that posed an imminent threat to both merchant vessels and U.S. Navy ships. 14th strikes, that's a considerable number. Why are they targeting these missiles specifically? Right, Grace. The Houthis have been increasingly aggressive, using these missiles to harass ships in the region. Notably, a U.S.-owned ship was recently hit by a Houthi drone in the Gulf of Aden. This attack, as well as the potential threat of more anti-ship ballistic missiles, prompted the U.S. to act to ensure the safety of maritime traffic. And how does this relate to the broader context of the U.S.'s relationship with the Houthis and Yemen? Well, the U.S. government has formally designated the Houthis as global terrorists, imposing sanctions aimed at stifling their financing. Despite these actions, the Houthis, aided by Iran, continue to disrupt the peace and safety in the region. Grace, It's this pattern of aggression that's leading to the targeted pushback from the U.S. military. Now, Iran's involvement is critical here. Has there been any response from Tehran following these strikes? Tehran maintains its stance in support of the Houthis but has not responded directly to these specific strikes. However, the U.S. has made it clear in warnings that Iran should cease providing weapons to the group. Thus far, we have yet to see a shift in these dynamics though. With sanctions in place, One worry that often arises is about the humanitarian situation in Yemen. How are civilians being affected by these military moves? That's a great question. The U.S. is adamant that its measures specifically target the Houthis and not the Yemeni population. Robust humanitarian exemptions have been created to ensure that the sanctions do not impede vital commerce, including food, medicine, and fuel. Moreover, the U.S. has stated it is willing to reconsider the terrorist designation if the Houthis stop their attacks, showing a degree of responsive policy based on the group's actions. What are the potential outcomes if the Houthis don't cease their aggression in the Red Sea and Gulf of Aden? If the Houthis persist, it could lead to a further escalation of military engagement by the U.S. and continued volatility in the region. 
Additionally, there's an ongoing concern that these dynamics might complicate the already dire humanitarian crisis in Yemen. Keeping in mind these developments, could there be further international consequences that we should be aware of? Absolutely. There's the potential for this conflict to spiral, affecting not just regional but global security, particularly international trade routes. Moreover, with the Houthis claiming responsibility for attacks like the one on the Malta-flagged bulk carrier, there's a clear message that commercial ships are at risk, which could have broad implications for international shipping and insurance rates. These are complex and troubling developments, and I'm sure we'll be following this story closely. Ethan, thank you so much for your thorough analysis. Thank you, Grace. It's a situation that certainly merits close attention. Definitely. Moving on, our next story looks at Tragedy strikes in Portland, Oregon, amidst a severe ice storm. We're turning now to a devastating story out of the Pacific Northwest. Chloe, can you give us the latest on the incident that has left three people dead and a baby injured? Absolutely, Grace. Portland is grappling with the aftermath of a tragic event where a power line, weighed down by ice, fell onto a parked SUV. A branch initially hit the power line during the storm, leading to this catastrophic accident. When the occupants tried to exit the vehicle, they were tragically electrocuted. This sounds horrifying, Chloe. What more can you tell us about the victims and the circumstances that led up to this? It's a heart-wrenching situation, Grace. The Seattle Times, ABC News, and the Associated Press reported that when the power line fell, it essentially charged the SUV with electricity. Unfortunately, the three individuals who were killed had just exited their vehicle when they were electrocuted, and there was a baby who also sustained injuries but survived. My condolences to the families affected. Chloe, we've heard reports of extremely treacherous conditions on the roads. Can you delve into the conditions in the area when this incident occurred? The condition of the roads at that time was indeed calamitous, Grace. The ice storm led to warnings about up to an inch of ice forming, which not only disrupts power lines but also transforms the roads into perilous ice rinks. This same storm has left thousands without power and made commuting a risky endeavor across Oregon. That's terrible. And this isn't an isolated incident, right? There have been other fatalities linked to this storm? That's correct, Grace. The previous weekend's storm alone caused at least seven deaths, with fallen trees and suspected hypothermia among the causes. This ice storm's impact has been profound, with a major highway, Interstate 84, being shut down and countless communities being left in the dark, literally, without power. Can we expect any improvement in the weather conditions, or is the region bracing for more? As per the latest weather forecasts, more freezing rain is expected to return to eastern Portland and the western Columbia River Gorge. This would likely exacerbate the already hazardous conditions, and authorities are urging extreme caution. With these severe conditions, is there any advice from authorities on how people can stay safe during such ice storms? Indeed there is, Grace. The key message is to stay indoors and avoid traveling unless it's absolutely necessary. It's also crucial to keep warm with adequate clothing and to be vigilant about the risk of falling branches, trees, or even ice that can lead to personal injury or damage to property. And let's not forget to insulate and heat our homes properly to ward off the cold. You also mentioned ice accumulation on power lines as a significant danger. Can you expand on that? 
Absolutely, ice accumulation is not to be underestimated. It can add so much weight to power lines that they might snap or sag dangerously low, leading to power outages or the kind of tragic accident we're discussing today. Reporting any downed lines and staying clear of them is vital. It all really circles back to safety and adhering to guidelines during such dangerous weather events. I hope our listeners in the affected areas heed these warnings. Chloe, thank you so much for bringing us these important updates and insights into this tragic event in Portland. You're welcome, Grace. Our thoughts are certainly with those affected by the storm. Stay safe, everyone. Good morning, viewers. Here are some other headlines. South Africa is currently making a bold move in international law by pursuing a genocide case against Israel at the International Court of Justice. The country is presenting a case that accuses Israeli officials of using inflammatory rhetoric towards Palestinians, which they argue indicates an intent to commit genocide in Gaza. The case opened last week, and South Africa is pushing for legally binding rulings under the Genocide Convention. In sports news, the NBA community is in mourning after the loss of Serbian basketball coach Dejan Milojevic. The assistant coach for the Golden State Warriors, who played a pivotal role in the team's 2022 championship, passed away at age 46 due to a heart attack. His passing has prompted tributes across the league. Tensions are flaring in the Middle East as Pakistan carried out retaliatory airstrikes in Iran, leading to nine deaths. These strikes are in response to Iranian actions against a separatist group in Pakistan, significantly escalating the conflict between the two countries. As the broader conflict in the Middle East intensifies, analysts fear the potential for even greater regional instability. Former President Donald Trump is back in the spotlight as he balances legal challenges with campaign efforts for the Republican presidential nomination. Despite facing numerous charges, Trump continues to campaign vigorously, recently delivering an impassioned speech in New Hampshire where he holds a strong lead in polls. Over in Gaza, the conflict has taken a tragic turn with an Israeli airstrike on a home in Rafah that resulted in the loss of 16 lives, including children. The strike was in an area that had been designated as a safe zone, with the overall death toll in Gaza rising above 22,400 disproportionately affecting women and children. Lastly, let's touch upon the cosmos with a brief on black holes, regions of space with gravitational pulls so intense that they absorb everything around them, including light. With the event horizon marking the point of no return and a singularity at the core, black holes remain one of the most intriguing yet enigmatic phenomena in the universe. Stay with us for more updates on these stories throughout the day. Moving on to our third story of the morning, an ongoing investigation has the aviation world on high alert. Federal officials in the United States are taking a hard look at a serious incident involving a Boeing jetliner. For more on this, we're joined by our specialist correspondent, Ethan. Ethan, can you bring us up to speed on what exactly happened? Certainly, Grace. On January 5th of this year, an Alaska Airlines flight experienced something quite alarming. A panel on their Boeing 737 MAX 9 jet actually blew out midair. This led to an emergency landing. While no injuries were reported, this has raised serious concerns about aircraft safety. That does sound serious. Now, you mentioned it's a Boeing jetliner. What's the status of the investigation so far? Well, 
Grace, according to sources like ABC News and the Associated Press, the Federal Aviation Administration, or FAA for short, and the National Transportation Safety Board, known as the NTSB, are both deeply involved. Since January 18, the FAA has actually inspected 40 jets identical to the one involved in the incident. However, the inspections were performed by the airlines themselves and now, FAA will review the findings to create a proper maintenance process before these planes can be put back into service. And what about the panel that blew off? Do we know where it came from? Yes, it turns out the panel was manufactured in Malaysia by Boeing's leading supplier, Spirit Aerosystems. Now both Boeing and Spirit are facing some scrutiny over the quality of their work. During a briefing with the Senate Commerce Committee, the FAA Administrator Mike Whitaker hinted at a broader pattern of challenges Boeing has been facing and the possible consequences that could follow these investigations. Consequences? Could you elaborate on what that might entail? Of course. We've got Senator Jerry Moran suggesting that penalties or enforcement actions could be on the horizon for Boeing. This isn't just about a single incident but rather a culmination of issues that have now led to airlines like Alaska Airlines and United grounding their fleets of 737 MAX 9 planes, disrupting hundreds of flights. That's a significant action. What do you think will be the implications for Boeing and the aviation industry? Well, the ramifications could be extensive. We're looking at potential reputational damage for Boeing and Spirit Aerosystems, regulatory actions which might include fines or new safety requirements, and even delayed approvals for future Boeing models. Not to mention the legal liabilities from passengers and airlines that are affected. There's also the financial aspect of the inspections, repairs, and any compensations to take into account. So with everything grounded and airlines cancelling flights, this must be causing quite a disruption? Absolutely, it's a huge inconvenience for travelers and a financial hit for the airlines. The FAA has preemptively grounded all Boeing 737 MAX 9 jets with the same panel type as a precaution, further adding to this disruption. Any ideas on how Boeing and the involved parties might move forward from this? Well, Grace, it's likely that we'll see a thorough re-evaluation of safety procedures and quality control. And in light of FAA's scrutiny, there could be management shakeups too. But until the FAA and NTSB conclude their investigations, we're in a bit of a waiting game. Sounds like there's a lot hanging in the balance. Really appreciate you breaking it down for us, Ethan. Thanks for joining us this morning and shedding light on the situation. My pleasure, Grace. We'll keep an eye on how things develop and update our listeners as more information becomes available. That's all we have for now. Today's episode was made by Alexander King with GPT-4, GPT-3.5 Turbo, the Perplexity API, and the Google Cloud Text-to-Speech API. I hope you have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow, Alex.